Hey, good morning, North Park family. I'm Pastor Anthony, and we are so delighted that you chose to jump online with us today. Thanks for spending time with us and inviting us into your home. As always, if you'll go to the YouVersion Bible app and type in North Park Church under the live events, all of today's scripture and notes will be right there for you. And as you take an opportunity to do that, let me just say, if there's somebody in the room with you, how about give them a high five? If not, how about a virtual high five right here? We wanna stay connected to you. You matter to God and you matter to us. As we always say, North Park is a place where nobody's perfect, everyone is accepted, and we are, even now, being transformed by the power of God. Today, I wanna to talk to you from my heart, this message I've entitled, Hope, and uncertain times and if there's ever a time where we needed hope and if there's ever been a time where things seemed very uncertain it's this season of our life and we're on this journey with you we're all going through this together and so we're going to talk about that today I can tell you one of the things that I love most is a roller coaster our family loves to go to Disney World uh, we love the adrenaline rush my favorite roller coaster is Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster, and it is at Hollywood Studios in Disney World in Florida. This, this ride is crazy. Where else can you ride a roller coaster and listen to Aerosmith and DC Talk at the exact same time? And here's what happens. This ride starts by launching you zero to 57 miles per hour in less than three seconds. That's so crazy. What an experience. In less than three seconds, I feel tension and I feel stress. I feel fear and excitement with this rush of adrenaline. And it happens all at the same time. Now, if that doesn't explain how many of us Many of us have felt during this season of our lives, I don't know what does. We're feeling all of these different types of emotions and things all within the span of a few seconds. I remember a couple of years ago when I dropped my daughter off at Lee University. She's a freshman and I'm just kind of dropping her off in this experience. I had all of these emotions that were going through my head and my heart. And Dr. Paul Kahn, who's the president of Lee University, um, actually stood up in front of all the parents at orientation and he said something that was very powerful to me and he said parents your child can be homesick and call you on the phone crying wanting to come home because they're homesick no matter how great this place is it still can't it can't be home but at the same time she can be exactly where God wants her to be and then this is what he said Two realities can exist at exactly the same time. And that is so true. I've heard this phrase a lot over the last couple of weeks. I'm sure you have too. You don't have to be afraid. You can have faith. You don't have to be afraid. You can have faith. Can I just make a confession to you? I do have tremendous faith. I believe that God has got me. I believe God has got our family. I believe God's got this church. I believe God has this entire situation under control. I believe God has got this. I believe that with all my heart. And that doesn't mean that I still haven't felt tension and stress, and anxiety, maybe even a touch of fear. And I bet you have felt exactly that same way. See, Paul, the apostle, writes a couple of letters to his friend Timothy. 
And Paul was Timothy's mentor, and he speaks this powerful truth over his life in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I bet you've heard this verse a lot lately, and this is what it says. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. And I think Paul saw that Timothy was dealing with some fear, some some, uh, some timid spirit in his life. And he wanted Timothy to know that fear doesn't come from God. But that doesn't mean we never feel fear. It doesn't mean that we never have to battle what it means to be afraid. We all face situations where we are timid and where we are afraid. We're afraid of all kinds of stuff. I, I know just this week my daughter ran downstairs screaming okay my daughter's not a little girl anymore she's she's a woman right she's 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 19 years old she runs down the stairs screaming you would have thought someone was breaking in the house I thought I was on set of taking four you know what I'm saying like I thought this was something really bad and in her mind it was fear gripped her heart so what caused her to be so afraid Um, She was in the shower and she saw a caterpillar. Yeah, a big one, a caterpillar. (laughs) Now, I'm not downplaying her fear. She was legitimately afraid. We are afraid of all types of things. What are you afraid of? What's causing you stress? What's causing you anxiety? I want you to lean in because this is really important. And if you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to get this one thing. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is the ability to trust God in the face of fear. Let me say it again. Faith is not the absence of fear. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you're never going to face situations where you're afraid. It also doesn't mean if you're afraid that you don't have any faith. That's not what it means at all. Faith is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to trust God in the face of your fear. You will have difficult circumstances. These aren't the first difficult circumstances we've had to encounter. These aren't the first times that we've experienced pain and frustration. We've experienced these types of feelings before, just different situations. And we've all had some important decisions to make. And here's what I know. We serve Jesus. He is the living son of the living God, and he can always be trusted. I love that word, and. I try to stop using the word, but. Because usually when you say the word but, anything that comes next is an excuse for what you just said. So, for instance, I can say, I love you, but, and whatever I say next kind of negates what I just said, right? I can say, oh, you're a very nice person, but, and then whatever you hear next is going to negate what it is that you just said. I like the word and. Two realities exist at the same time. I love you. And during isolation, you're getting on my last nerve, right? Two realities can exist at the same time. And you love Jesus. And some of you are struggling to trust him right now. You have incredible faith. And you're in pain. You know that God is in control and you're hurting. You're frustrated. Feeling anxious. Now, Paul tells us, Those feelings don't come from God. God has not given us the spirit 
of fear, but instead he gives us a list of things that do come from God. Let's look at those things. He said, first of all, power comes from God. God gives us power. Acts chapter 1 and 8 is one of my favorite verses of scripture. And it says this, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when that happens, you will become my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to give you power to share your story of what Jesus has done in your life. Power was given so that every believer could boldly display Jesus in the marketplace, in a hospital, in a courtroom, in a classroom, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your kitchen where you've spent the most of your time. Like we have power to share our stories. It's been really cool to watch many of you have the boldness to share your faith with people on social media during this time of isolation. You're putting your trust in Jesus and you are boldly declaring that trust to other people. What is that? That's you pastoring your city. That's you loving others, connecting with God and connecting with each other. And I know this may be a difficult season, but you don't have to let fear dominate you. He has empowered you for an assignment. And I believe that we can take advantage of these opportunities. We don't have to cower in fear. We don't have to barricade and shut the word out, world out. But instead, we can, we can thrive during these experiences by sharing the love of Jesus with people who desperately need to hear it. So what's the assignment? Lead with love. That's the second thing that Paul says that God's given to us. He's given us power and he's given us love. I've been blown away over the last couple of days watching how people within our church family have just been leading with love. We've been getting calls from people saying, hey, is someone in need? We want to respond. We want to volunteer. If they need supplies, we'll take them supplies. We, we want to reach out to people who are hurting and we want to offer them encouragement. I'm so blown away by the way you have been leading with love. One family even purchased $1,000 worth of gift certificates from a local restaurant. Why did they do that? Well, first of all, they wanted to support their community and they wanted to support those in the restaurant industry who were hurting. And so they blessed the restaurant industry. And then at the same time, they wanted to use those gift certificates to share those with people in the community who are hurting and financially maybe struggling because your hours have been cut or you've lost a job. People are leading with love. One family cashed in a bunch of hotel points that they had and shared that with a family at River Bend Middle School because they had been displaced from their homes. What's happening? People are taking what's in their hands and they're using it to love God and love others. There's a person in our church family who we love so much. She's been in Virginia with her dad who had surgery. And by the time that he was released from the hospital and they got home, uh, many of the supplies that they needed uh, were not on the grocery store shelves. So what did she do? Um, she shared that information with her church family and her life group, her life group, got together, got all the supplies that she needed and drove all the way to Virginia, knocked on a door and demonstrated love for somebody in their life group. What's happening? We have an assignment and we are empowered by the Spirit of God to share the love of Jesus with people right now who desperately need it. So my question to you is, how will you lead with love? 
How can you be creative to reach out to those in your church family or even to your neighbors? I was um, looking some milk this week. We are a family who eats a, a lot of cereal and we just keep running out of milk. And every time I go to the grocery store, it seems like the milk is gone. And so I called Food Lion recently and I just said, hey, do you have milk? And they said, yes, we do. Come get it. And I said, hey, could you bring it to me? Completely joking. Uh, this uh, grocery store does not have delivery service, okay? And the lady on the other end said, sure, I could do that. Where do you live? And I said, ma'am, do, do you have delivery service? And she said, no, but if you need help, we'll offer it to you. And I thought, man, how amazing is that? People in this community are responding and they're leading with love. As I reflect on those stories, I think about these people as they live out one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And it comes from Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase. I love the way the message puts this verse. It says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what's convenient for us. Listen to this next phrase. I love this. Strength is for service. It's not for status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us. And we need to ask ourselves this question. I think this is the question Jesus wants you to ask. How can I help? How can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but he waded right in and he helped people out. I watch people in our community who were learning to do business in a very different way. Um, maybe you can't go into their restaurant and eat, but they're working really hard uh, to provide curbside service and other ways to get food to you when, when you want it. I see other businesses, they're, they're pivot. They're pivoting and they're shifting and they're morphing and trying to figure out how to serve others in a creative way in a time of crisis. So I would say to you, how creative can you be? What can you do to reach out and lead with love and let others know there is hope in uncertain times? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, the church is the church only when it exists for other people. This pandemic that we're dealing with, this COVID-19, it is extremely contagious. Let me tell you something else that should be extremely contagious. Your faith. Your faith should be extremely contagious. And a contagious faith is about loving God and loving people, not just with words, but in a very tangible way. God gives us power. He gives us love. And then finally, Paul says to Timothy, God gives us a sound mind. Now, maybe you're sitting back watching today thinking, Pastor, how am I supposed to have a sound mind in the middle of a worldwide crisis? That's a great question. And I want you to take a look at this video, and then we're going to talk about it.
you have a choice to make today. You can choose to sit around and worry yourself to death. Or you can turn that into an opportunity to talk to Jesus about it. And to teach your family how it looks to respond in the middle of crisis by trusting in Jesus. Parents, let me talk to you for just a second. Your kids are taking their cues from you. I know we can get so lost in the social media thing and we can get so caught up in constantly refreshing the news page to see what the latest news is about this outbreak. Can I tell you, if your children see you responding in fear, then they're going to respond that way. They're watching what you're watching. They're going to respond because they're taking their cues from you. I might would encourage you to scale back a little bit on how much you're tracking that stuff. If you need to know something, I guarantee you, you'll find it out. Somebody will tell you. Constantly just following the rabbit holes on, and the rabbit trails on social media might not be the most effective way of protecting your mind and having a peace in your heart. I think it causes me more anxiety and more stress the more that I'm refreshing and the more that I'm scrolling. And so I would encourage you to step back from that just a second. And above all, as the Bible says, guard your heart and mind as you walk in Christ Jesus, right? Above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. And so Philippians 4 says, I, I don't have to worry about these things. But instead, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray about everything. And I'm going to tell God what I need. I'm going to thank him for what he's done. And then I am going to lead my family in experiencing God's peace, which exceeds anything that I can understand. And he will guard my heart and mind. He will guard the hearts and minds of your family as you walk in Christ Jesus. I think our perspective is everything. My wife sent me a, a really cool Facebook post this week and it was just kind of fast forwarding down the timeline here we're all looking like 30 days all right well let's just look long term your children that are sitting on the floor right now working on some children's ministry things because we sent out some posts to you so your kids could have an experience today when they're older when they're in high school when they're in college and they look back on this experience what are they going to think what memories will they have? I bet when you have conversations with them in the future, maybe it would sound something like this. Hey, do you remember that experience that we had back in 2020? Do you remember how um, we lost so much money on the stock market? Do, do you remember that grocery stores were out of almost everything? Do you remember that people were afraid and we couldn't go to work? Do you remember those things? And I wonder if our kids might say something like this. All I remember was the scavenger hunts that we had in the yard. I remember going out and playing wiffle ball. I remember that we sat around our kitchen table a lot during those days and had some family experiences. I remember playing board games together. I remember watching our pastor on a laptop. Honestly, it was some of the greatest times of my childhood. Man, what is that? It's perspective. I can honestly tell you, I don't want anyone sick. 
I want this virus gone. I don't want anybody to lose their jobs, but I certainly have enjoyed the time with my family. I've enjoyed the opportunity to hit the reboot button a little bit because whether you want to admit it or not, our schedules are out of control. Let's begin to shift our perspective here. Let's trust God and let's thank him for everything that he is doing right now. Some of you are reconnecting with relationships in your home that desperately needed your attention. Thank him for everything that he's doing right now. C.S. Lewis is one of the greatest Christian authors of all times. And back in 1942, in the face of an atomic fallout, these were the words that C.S. Lewis wrote. In 1942, Satan says, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship, and sporting events. I will cause economic turmoil. C.S. Lewis said, Jesus responds by saying, I will bring together neighbors and I will restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me, not their money and not their material possessions. Is there something here that God wants to teach us? God didn't create COVID-19. This isn't from him. God's not given us the spirit of fear and he's not given us a coronavirus. But are there things that he wants to teach us in the middle of this experience? I believe so because God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I want you to know today that Jesus loves you and he wants a personal relationship with you. Maybe today what you need is peace. And I believe with all my heart that he is the peace speaker. And he will give you peace no matter who you are, no matter what you've been through or what you've done. All you have to do is invite him into your heart. Can we pray right now? Can I pray over your family? And would you pray this with me today? Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in our homes, what you're doing in our church and in our world. Lord, we are in the greatest hands that we can ever be in. And I pray right now that we would experience a greater peace than we've ever experienced before in our life. Hope in the middle of uncertain times. You are our hope. You are our peace. And I pray if there's someone that's listening to this today or watching this today that doesn't have that personal relationship with you, that they would simply say to you, Lord Jesus, I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to wash me, cleanse me, and set me free, and give me strength to live my life for you. And I pray as they pray that prayer that you would just flood their heart, mind, soul, and spirit with peace that passes their ability to understand it. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, if you said yes to him, we want to know about that. We want to celebrate with you. So why don't you send us a message through our website? We also would love to hear about any prayer requests that you have. 
We wanna pray some bold prayers with you. Let's stay connected together as a church family, especially during these, those times. And we also wanna to continue to be faithful, being great stewards of what God's placed in our hands. And so if you would like to invest financially in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus on our website, northparkrdu.com, you can just hit the online giving button. Let's continue to just invest in what God is doing in our city. And finally, we encourage you to download our app. It's called the Church Center app. You can download that from your app store. Make North Park Church your home church by searching for North Park Church on the app. And that will open up just a lot of great opportunities for you to stay connected and let you know that you matter to God and you matter to us.